Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast with Tim Severs and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. It's good to be with you. Glad you could uh, join us. We're uh, doing a special edition of the Church on a Hill podcast. Uh, it's it's a Lent edition. Do they call that bump music, Tim? I, I don't know. Or, that or sounds something. Good. Okay, something, so that was a song, a Cynicism, by Josh Garrels. He's one of my favorite uh, Christian artists. Two R's if you're looking it up on YouTube or Amazon Music. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, good song about cynicism. It's kind of funky. It's yeah, funny. I like it's the beat. Kind of Maybe that'll yeah. be our opening. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. that. Yeah. So you were saying, anyway, we're, oh, we're, we're doing a special, special episode on yeah, cynicism on for Lent. Cynicism. Yeah. Well, so. Everybody's favorite topic. <laughs> so, well, anyway, you've got some questions. So, or well, some, well, I thought, well, first of all, gonna, you know, we are uh, in Lent uh, as, as uh, we are doing this podcast. And one of the things that we do each Lent is we have our Lent soup suppers on Wednesday nights. Right. And as part of that, we usually have a time of sharing. Uh, and sometimes during Lent, we also pick up an extra book to read um, and use it in ways to challenge us. And that, that's part of what's happening here at Police Federated Church this year is that we've um, selected a book that we are using throughout the season of Lent. It's called Didn't See It Coming. It's by uh, Carrie Newhoff, who is a Canadian pastor and author and uh, Christian thought leader. Uh, and uh, it, it looks at overcoming the seven greatest challenges that no one expects and everyone experiences. And so each week we're going to do a little bit during our soup suppers about one of the one one of those topics, one and one week we're going to yeah. do two of them. But yeah. but but tell us a little bit about this book and what why it's all about. It? Why why you chose this yeah. one yeah. and and well, why why during Lent? <laughs> well. Good questions. Uh, I read the book back in the fall, and it, it made an impact on me personally. Uh, and it, it it's a book that, like its title sa- says, talks about things we don't see coming or things that we overlook. And our our theme for this Lent is things we overlook right. um, and what God might wanting to be uh, showing us that we're not seeing or what he might want us to hear that we're not hearing and so this book helps us to look at some things that we might otherwise avoid. Um, mm-hmm. So that's part of the reason we're doing it. Um, and um, there's about 50 copies out there now, including mine, which was already out there, and a couple other people who've already read the book. We, The church has ordered 50 copies. I think a couple people have got them on their own. So a fair number of people reading them. If you still want a copy, we are ordering a few more to have some uh, in stock because we're basically... Yeah. Almost out. It's in my um, online cart right now. I just your, have to press yeah. send order buy or, or whatever. Buy, yeah. yeah. So or check out. Check out. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is. Uh, so so what was your other question with that? So too? why why during Lent? Why uh, during would, Lent? Because yeah. Lent is this reflective season where we we intentionally give God the space that God deserves anyway to speak into our life, show us show us maybe what, where we're not following him or things we need to turn from, uh, turn our attention away from and turn towards God. And so that involves things that we overlook. Uh, maybe finding um, cynicism in our heart where we didn't expect it or the seeds of it or the roots mm. of it. Uh, or, you know, when we find it, how do we confront it? Not just negatively, not just, this book isn't just about looking at the problem. It's also about 
what is, do we do as Christians right. to um, deal with it? Yeah, because we might even, you might know you have these problems. And what, it's like, great, there's another person telling me what my problem is, right. but not telling me anything about... That sounds really cynical. How, I, <laughs> about how I can, right. you know, stop it or uh-huh. get better or get out right. of that cycle or whatever. And so uh, what, what this book is great at is not just uh, helping us identify it, but giving us tools to overcome right. it. I guess is, is maybe how I yeah, would put it to exactly. get beyond it. Yeah. yeah. So the first topic, which we're in digging into this week, is as you said, cynicism, and and uh, so tell us a little bit about what is what is cynicism, and do you have an example um, that you could share with us? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to share from my personal story Wednesday night at the Soup Supper about how I became cynical about can the local church and can the local church make mm. a difference in the world. This is before I became a pastor. Uh, I was cynical about the local church and uh, preaching. And um, so that's an example of something I became cynical about. Um, I guess you could say cynicism is... Um, uh, it's It's not... Um, it's definitely the opposite of realism or not realism, excuse me, optimism or idealism. Uh, it's different than real being realistic too. It's like assuming something's always going to go in a negative way or just, you know, believing that you already know how something's going to go down. This is just always how it is, you mm. know, a negative there's, there's attitude. There's nothing like that. Our culture doesn't have We don't that do that. Right. <laughs> we don't do that. Yeah. Um, Thinking it, of, yeah, okay. It, it, yeah, so, you know, going through, through stuff and seeing difficult things, you know, you might have a hopeful attitude as a teenager or um, in your 20s. The author talks about this. But then going through some real-life stuff and we can start to – to start to see bad stuff happen and then start to assume, oh, things are always going to go bad, right? Or we get uh, wounded. He gives a story about a couple leaving his church that they'd helped a lot and he got emotionally wounded when they left. And then, you know, as a defense mechanism, you can almost grow cynical and say, well, you know, that's how all people act or isn't that how church people act? Mm. And, you know, you see somebody else who may need the same kind of help and you say, well, I don't want to help them because they're just going to, you know, turn on me. Like, you know, so uh, that that's a little bit about um, the, the cynicism. You know, he, he says, uh, Newhoff says, most cynics are former optimists. So it's not because you care so little that you become a cynic. It's uh, it's because you cared a lot about something and you were and probably wounded or, wounded or disappointed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he says uh, cynicism begins not because you don't care, but because you do care. So, um, and a lot of the uh, challenges in our life uh, come out of um, caring and what happens. That uh, sounds when like we, a when we face challenges. Sounds like a particularly dangerous uh, thing to fall into for a Christian who's uh, so much of our identity is about loving others and helping others and, and, and kind of serve serving our communities and and our neighbors. And, and so it seems like this could be an easy, an easy trap for a Christian to fall into. Sure. Yeah, easy for anyone. I mean, anybody, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it, it, it's it's easy to fall into and, and dangerous. Um, 
you know, we're protecting ourselves from potential future hurt based on past experience. But what we're doing when we protect ourselves is we're closing ourselves off to possibilities and to hope and to seeing life change. You know, if we if we're too cynical and we start to say, ah, God can't really change people or or quote unquote, those people always act that way. Uh, then we're closing our heart off to being part of something that God wants to do in someone else's life or in our community. Yeah. And that's uh, pretty dangerous territory to start living, thinking and living like God can't do something too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. he, he couldn't change Very the situation yeah. or whatever when yeah. we know that that's not the truth. But I think if we're honest, yeah. I think all adults over the age of 20 have probably experienced this because we've experienced hurt and disappointment. Um, yeah, and so we need to just be have our eyes open to it and say, how am I overlooking this? Right, right. right. To connect it to our theme. And he makes a good point on page 22. He says that cynicism is actually a choice. That, yeah, there's things that happen to us, but but as he says, cynics aren't born, they're made. Um, life doesn't mm. make you a cynic. Yeah. You make you a cynic. Um, and so... Our choices about how we respond to difficult circumstances and how we think about them and uh, and what uh, invisible uh, attitude you know attitudes and beliefs are invisible, right? So we're we're adopting beliefs and attitudes about situations, whether we know it or not, and that will reflect um, uh, or will come out in our life. So um, so if if we're believing, you know. That pe- God can't really change people, um, or that uh, um, certain people are always going to act a certain way. That is a belief. Um, you and I were talking about this today, and we might, we might, or the other day, I should say, we might say, well, yeah, and I'm right because look at their history, and we justify it based on the person's history. But what we're not thinking about is we're actually saying something about God, mm-hmm. because God's in the business of changing people, and if God works with that person then that person can change. Maybe that person has a track record of always disappointing you. Sure, that's their track record. Does that mean we should stop believing that God could change that person and say something like, they're never going to change? Yeah. No. No. Uh, yeah. But but we, we are tempted. It's easy to, yeah. to, to fall into that. Yeah. So, so, so that's one, a bit of the, the definition of it. Yeah. So, so one of the things you said was that cynicism is a choice. Mm-hmm. So that makes it sound pretty simple, like, well, I can just choose, choose out. Not, to, not to be a cynic, yeah, right? right? But there's got to be more to it than that. There, there definitely <laughs> is, because I think it's a choice that involves emotions. And um, so there's some things to work our way out of cynicism that he talks about in, in Chapter 2. Which um, has a great title. Kicking Cynicism in the Teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Practical Ways to Defeat Your Inner Cynic. Um, and... The, the ultimate antidote, he makes really clear, uh, this ultimate antidote for cynicism is hope. Uh, and Christians, you know, you can be a non-Christian reading this book, and it's great, um, still helpful for you. But as Christians, we have this true hope of the resurrection, that, that, that God defeated death and that, that he is, he is a, in the business of life change, soul change, and brings uh, dead people and makes them alive. So... Uh, but cynicism, if we start to adopt cynical attitudes and beliefs in our life, as he says, uh, one of cynicism's first casualties is hope. Mm. You know, you start to just say unhopeful things, think about the world in unhopeful ways. Uh, that's 
that goes right along uh, with being more cynical is having less hope. Um, That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but I think here's the thing. I, what we need to do is like, where is that in, 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 in my life? Um, yeah. It, 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 as he says, a lot of philosophers have even gotten to this point. Like uh, I think it's David Hume who said mm. life is nasty, brutish and short. Uh, and you know, in a sense, Hume was right. Like if, if, if there isn't a God who is intervening and really changing lives and redeeming uh, people and loving us, then you could look a lot at a lot of life and say, wow, life, it can be just nasty, brutish and, and short and then we die, you know, but is that really what life is? I mean, that's a cynical way to look at life, right? right. but uh, is that really what life is? For the Christian, we look at it and say, no, life is a a gift and it's full of good opportunities. Will there be challenges and difficulties? Sure. Uh, but it is full of opportunities to love and be loved, to serve and to be served. And um, yeah, so we have to, we have to choose to believe what it, what life's about. Mm. Um, so I think his big thing is believing, um, believing what the Christian believes about our story, that we really do have a savior who came to rescue us and deliver us. Um, so a non-Christian reading this book, I mean, you need to really explore that for yourself. But, but for the Christian, we can say if Jesus is involved in our life, then who we were before Jesus doesn't dictate who we can become, mm, yeah, you know, yeah. what God Amen. is going to do in our life. Um, as he says, a couple of the best quotes from this scripture, he says, your past isn't your future, not if you get Jesus involved. Bitterness can't linger under the relentless assault of love. Hope cannot die if an empty tomb empowers it. Mm -hmm. And then he says, of all the people on earth, Christians should be the least cynical. Yeah. Now, I don't know if we always are, but he's saying we should be, or we have the access to the resources to keep us the most hopeful because... We, we have the truth of the resurrection, right? That death has yeah. been defeated. And, and if that's, that's true, then we have the ultimate hope and the ultimate antidote. Amen. Um, yeah. yeah. He, he also talks about some other things that I, you know, so hope's the big thing, but some cool things uh, he calls a little trick. Uh, one of them a little trick, he says, is just uh, curiosity, cultivating curiosity in your life. Right. And I don't know if you resonated with this section, but I did. Cause I, we spent time with kids on our bus, and kids are curious about the strangest things. Things we've stopped noticing or being yeah. curious about, yes. you know, like the seatbelt buttons on the bus. The kids will be like, oh, like pushing it, you know, five, ten times. Like, yeah, the button at the back. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. like, ooh, it's a red or, button. Or yeah. the green flashing one. Yeah. Over on the... Yeah. Yeah, and, all kinds of things. And we just overlook that stuff, right? Yeah. We, we adults... Uh, Stop being curious. Like, let me just ask, have you been curious about something today? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I was, I had to force myself to be curious about something today. Because I, so I was driving the bus and I had read this book and I was thinking about this. And I, so I literally asked a kid who was sitting near me on the bus, you know, why is the sky blue? Do you want to know? And the kid said, no. <laughs> That's but, awesome. but I said, I said, why? Because now I was curious yeah, about why I, he didn't yeah. care. And I, he said, he said, well, I don't like blue. And I said, oh, what do you like? He said, green. He said, oh, 
So do you like, I said, the skies can be green sometimes. And he said, yeah, I like the northern lights. And then, then I was curious, oh, so then, you know, we started talking about the northern lights. And like, it was, it was, so I thought I was going to get in a conversation, why is the sky Sky blue? blue. Because this chapter literally brings that up. But it was like, I ended up being curious about him and what he likes yeah. and it it it, it went so, a totally different direction curiosity kind of breeds curiosity too mm-hmm. right because as you start asking the questions and open-ended it, questions yeah, yeah and it's it just kind of gets you going in that different mm-hmm. direction and and uh, okay so that's great that's yep. a great simple challenge too like how do i um how do i today be curious yeah and that's something we could do. We could write it down in our planners or wherever and just kind of use that as a as a cue to us to help break the cycle of cynicism. Just how can I be curious today? Yeah. One, he, one simple thing. He, yeah. he says, uh, for a lot of us adults, probably you and I would be in this category, we might need to schedule thinking time. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I am going to be curious on, you know, when the bus is empty, I'm going to think about something that I don't understand or yeah. something that's beautiful in the environment. Um, you, know, uh, that, he, he, yeah. you know, he says, ask open questions and then really listen to whatever the answer is or research, you know, something that's just that you don't know how it works, you know. Um, and there's a lot of that for you and I, right? Yeah. We don't understand how it works. <laughs> we have to figure it out. So, some of the things... Uh, we, we could be pretty busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and sometimes in our careers, we're just... We're looking for answers and solutions. Um, and and that's okay. We have to get stuff done. But, you know, this kind of idea... One of his things is give fewer answers. Like... So for some things in our life, it's not about getting to the answer or the solution. It's just about learning and listening learning. and observing. And and um, when you do that, uh, you, I think, develop more appreciation. And, and that has the effect of kind of fighting cynicism. Like, if we're just always about getting stuff done instead of appreciating and enjoying and observing and pondering... Uh, we're just going to be human doings instead of human beings, right? Mm. So, um, yeah, he says to dream more, too. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, well, it's, you know, that... I think that kind of gets beat out of us, you know, as we grow up. Because we, we start our lives with all kinds of dreams and hopes for the world. And then, like you were saying before, life happens and people tell you, well, you know, you're shooting too high or you can't do that or mm-hmm. nobody from this family has ever done that or nobody from this community could ever be such and such. Right. And that's simply not, it's simply not true. Right. Um, you could just say nobody from this community has ever done that yet you know because there's a world of possibility it's all possibility and 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 we need to allow ourselves to uh to have those dreams and to cultivate that i think that's part of one is part of who god created us to be but it's also part of us finding out what god has for us in this life Mm -hmm. is exploring those dreams um and it helps him direct us where we need to go absolutely Um, yeah, and if you come up to like those kind of walls of where you, you feel like I'm in a hard wall in my life and somebody said that this isn't going to happen or this change isn't going to happen or you can't get this job or this promotion or get into this college and 
you know, I, he has a really good suggestion, and that is to ask two questions. Why and why not? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, That's right. I want to understand why you think that th this is happening and really understand and explore that because then you might find a reason or uh, a way around that challenge. But also, why not? Like, why couldn't it be different than we think it has to be? Oh, so-and-so isn't going to change. Why not? Why not? Yeah. You know, why not? What what is keeping them from changing? Or in your own personal life, you know, I I you know, if let's say you struggle with like weight loss, or you're looking at uh, changing a time use habit, or something, and you say this, you know, or some other habit you want in your life to go away, and you say, but this I've just always had it around. Like, okay, why? And why? Why couldn't it change? And I think that is the key to start unlocking things in our life that we feel are locked, right? The, mm -hmm. the, the cynical attitude is to believe, well, this is my bad attitude or my bad habit that's always been with me. I'm just going to keep it around. And it's like, but why? But why? <laughs> yeah. Why couldn't it be why? different? Or the why not yeah, question, yeah. you why know? Uh, why not imagine a life different, uh, better, um, you know? Um, I was listening to a different podcast uh, that talked about uh, we as human beings experience tolerated misery, which we, we just like, you know, in a job or um, something in our family, we just, we, just ex we just tolerate a certain misery instead of saying, God, how could this be different? We don't, we don't let God do what he wants to do, which is to work on us and, and, and our relationships and improve things. We... We sometimes accept things that we shouldn't accept, and we tolerate yeah. we tolerate misery um, that that isn't God's will for us. I mean, God isn't up there saying, "My will for you is to tolerate misery." You know, there might have to be some things we suffer through. Yeah, I'm not saying that. But sometimes but, our fear of the unknown or the change or whatever keeps us from be doing and becoming who God wants us to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. So. You know, that's a little bit about cynicism. So Wednesday night, I'm going to be sharing a story of how God unlocked that for me a little bit. I'm not going to go against the book in a way. It's just, it, 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 you know, it's just a personal story of how my, my one particular cynicism got unlocked for me. And friends, I still struggle with it at times. So, yeah. Yeah. So join us for Lent Soup Suppers Wednesdays at 630 here at Palouse Federated Church. Yeah. Lots of stuff going on Wednesday nights. So come yeah. and hang out with us. Well, thank you all for listening and uh, have a great day.